episode 27 of the IntelliCast podcast brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly and joining me as always is my co-host Brian Lamar. Hello, Adam. Good afternoon. It feels great. It does feel great. What a beautiful last few days. I feel like there's there's like a crispness of yeah. success in the air. Yeah. It's the end of the year. People are getting excited about business. Yeah. Fourth quarter, conference season, almost among us again. Yeah. It's pretty got some live time. real football that matters this weekend, oh sort of. Oh, my gosh. True or false? I watched an entire game that ended at 5 to nothing as the final score last night. I was wondering if you were watching that. Just loving life. Just enjoying every moment of it. A lot of punts. That's <laughs> very nice. Bake bake through a uh, INT I saw. Did you see the did you see the interception? I seen it. He was the guy just stopped running. Oh. And so it looked like it was Rolled a legit there. completion to the other team because he threw it directly to a person. Yeah. Um and then you just saw that it was like the fourth string tight end decided not to run anymore. That's similar to the, I think, 1996 Super Bowl between the Steelers and Cowboys. Oh, Larry Brown? Neil O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. Neil O'Donnell threw a pass like, what are you doing? But if you watch the film, somebody stopped running. Who Was it uh, Yancey Thigpen? <laughs> good. That was a really good. Thank you. <laughs> Keep it going. It's not Nancy Thinkpin. As always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI. Uh, you can reach us at IntelliCast.EMI-RS.com. Uh, IntelliCast1 on Twitter. EMI's Twitter is EMI underscore research. My own Twitter is Adam Jolly. Uh, Lammy, tell me about what your Hinge account is. <laughs> is Hinge the new Twitter? I don't know. Now I'm just looking through <clears throat> social media, and somehow Hinge came up in conversation this morning. I did a retweet from our EMI Twitter account. You did? Yeah. What'd you retweet? I retweeted. Oh gosh! Did you retweet me? It was you. I tweeted yesterday and got yeah, a lot you. of love from it. That was a good. Just a picture of us learning. That's what we do hey, here. Eight you know people what? working through lunch, learning about blockchain. That's what we do. A lot of Chick Fil A on the table. You should have. I can't believe you didn't tag Chick Fil A. We separate ourselves <laughs> by saying please and thank you, Eddie and I. <laughs> please may I watch a webinar on blockchain? Guess who else is closed on Sundays? EMI. <laughs> Brian, anything going on? Personal news for you? Oh, let me. T- there is. I just got out of a creek. Tell, so us, tell me, us. Some coworkers and I, the last going on couple this times creek. this week, have gone into a creek. Okay. And this kind of started off as a joke. We kind of map. We Google mapped our office location. By the sure. way, if you come to EMI, we're kind of in a big shopping zone in suburban Cincinnati. Right. It's a. Um, the Cincinnati's biggest mall is across the street. It's a really high traffic road. And one day we're looking at Google Maps for some reason, and we noticed a kind of a creek or river went through our office. Yeah. So a couple of coworkers and I decided, let's go exploring. We've done that. We just we just got back from one. And there's it's really kind of divided the office. There's like a pro-creek people, and there's like an anti-creek people. And there's some different people. But there's a, definitely a group of anti-creakers. Are there really anti-creakers? Oh, yeah. I'm Led by our chief health officer. I don't understand creek. The creek. Yeah. I'm, I'm indifferent to it because I don't yeah. understand it. Right. At least you're open. I feel like you're yeah. open. Much like the wall. <laughs> <laughs> if I showed you some pictures, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, are you in rural Kentucky? We're, no, yeah. we're within 50 feet of our office. Really? <laughs> it's really crazy. It's pretty wild. Anyway, that's what um, I'm doing. Do anything this weekend? Going to, you don't hear people say this very often, going to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse tonight. Are you really? Yeah, there's a like special occasion. Pear tasting thing going on. Look at on. you. 
Yeah, so I don't know. How long do pear tastings last? Is it like an hour? Is it like four hours? I don't even know. Well, it takes a while for... So <laughs> you hope that they prep and they put the pears in like some foil or paper, a brown paper bag beforehand so it gets a little soft. Oh. But then usually yeah, I can eat a pear in 45 seconds. <laughs> That's not too bad. That's a pretty good joke. That was really good. Um, no, like an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, it shouldn't be bad. It's five courses. And you're down on the banks. Yeah. It's great. It's kind of a fun little Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, hey, what about you? Uh, date night with my wife tonight. Oh, that's right. We are going to uh, the precinct. Oh, but we're going to two of the best steakhouses in town this weekend. Red meat. <laughs> Red meat boys in the house. I'm jealous that you're going to the precinct because it is probably my favorite restaurant with no budget. I don't know why we're going there. There's right. no special occasion. Right? Just like, usually you just go special occasions. Um, we've been trying to get a date night. I think my wife like just called and just randomly called and said, hey, do you guys have a room up in the uh, – there's the upstairs part, like the club site. That's super yeah. more relaxed. So the downstairs, we should have talked. The Precinct, famous steak restaurant here in Cincinnati. One of the top probably 15 steak restaurants in the United States. Jeff Ruby's, who's a big steak man, I guess. And it's an old uh, police station. Um, and that's why it's called the precinct. And the downstairs of it is very much like your basement and kind of musty. There's a lot of mirrors and the servers wear bow ties. It looks like in the eighties. Yeah. It's, and there's a lot of pictures of B, C list. There's some A list. Yeah. Celebrities is too, cause that's where kind of everyone goes when they come into town. But then, uh, probably two years ago, they put in the upstairs part that is basically just a bar. There's booths. It's the same menu. There's a patio. It's a nice little patio. They sell cigars. Yeah. You go out there. I'm going to... I'll smoke. Live music. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there's live music. It's super easy, super more relaxed. And uh, we're going there tonight. And then probably going to Streetside Brewery, which is over on Eastern Avenue. Yeah. It's pretty decent. Not too brewery. far away. Not too bad. Um, so that's our that's our weekend plans. And then uh, we're creeping up on Labor Day. By the time this airs, we'll be uh, close to... We'll be closer to Labor Day. I'll just say that. <laughs> we'll be within a week of Labor Day. Any Labor Day plans? I don't really have any. Um, big weekend in Cincinnati. Oh, I, Labor I, Day weekend in Cincinnati is a big deal. I'm going to a con- I don't do I'm not a big concert person, but yeah. I'm going to um, I let my wife pick a couple concerts a year and going to Counting Crows and Live at Riverbend next weekend. Ah, oh, lightning crashes. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna miss a couple football games, but that's okay. Mr. Jones. Yeah. When is it? Next weekend? Next Saturday. Yeah. The opening college September football. 1st. I will miss the Michigan-Notre Dame game. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you as a gift. Oh. I'm going to tweet during the game. <laughs> it's I don't do it. I'm going to tweet during the game. I'll just follow Twitter during lightning crashes. It's going to be great. Yeah. I, I alone <laughs> will be tweeting during the game. That was a live reference. That wasn't too bad, was right? Who paved paradise and put up a touchdown Jesus. Here I am. This is County Crows. Man, what I feel you, like I'm in on one-liners today. Are you going anywhere on Labor Day weekend? I bet you're going somewhere. Uh, no. No. Um, actually, I, are that, you going to Notre Dame, Michigan? No, I'm not. I'm going uh, I'm going to the Vanderbilt game two weeks after that because I don't want uh, – I don't like disappointment. And I feel like there's only bad things because I could go – here's like how it would spell out. I would go to South Bend for the day. Um, walk the campus, do all the normal stuff I do, do all the tours, do the trumpets and the dome and all that kind of stuff. The Irish guard, I'd get emotional, um, at some point during the day, um, like crawling under a tree and try to like squeeze out a tear, eat a bunch of pork sandwiches from the Knights of Columbus booth. And then I go into the game and I'm pumped and I'm amped. And then we lose. And I say, I don't want to go out to eat or drink afterwards. I'm driving back to Cincinnati. 
and I drive four and a half hours by myself. And like that is how the day would would explain itself. And I would much rather sit in like the my solemn basement, smoke five to six parliaments, tweet out only gifts during the game associated with the game, and then you know wash myself clean of it. Come on Sunday like nothing happened. I am sports is not good for me. Sports are very bad for me. I need to. Yeah, this this starts the time of year. And we're getting into college football, pro football, and baseball playoffs. All of these things are just crushers. Like, I think of all the sports team I have that I'm really hardcore about. My lifetime, I've seen about eight titles in 40-plus years. So Secrets. So 20, 80-plus percent of the time, you, you, you're sad and it is in failure. Yeah. And we kind of let that control our moods. For a long period of time. I'm the same way. Um, I'm Notre Dame football, which always gets me wrapped up. I'm really, there's two, there's two teams I ever, Notre Dame football and the Red Sox. And both of them have great potential to make me happy and great potential to let me down this year. So not really looking forward to the fall. (laughs) Let's talk MRX news. Um, slow news week, back to school week. Let's not do anything, guys. So. One of the things that happened this week that was yesterday, um, well, who knows when this is coming out. Let's just say August 24th, a webinar came out. uh, The Green Book. It was right, right? 23rd. 23rd. Whatever. Ish. Ish. Uh, Depends on what time zone you're in. That's my argument for that. Um, Green Book uh, hosted a webinar about blockchain. There were seven, eight speakers eight, eight to 14 speakers on it um as far as i know i've talked to probably 15 different people um over the last 24 hours all of which were all, were like attended and listened to this blockchain yeah top line yeah brian how was it um there was too many people okay it was a good effort it's hard to put all these competing companies together and organize a discussion i mean I, we know that chase buchanan from our chain he he's probably in bali or australia so it's probably midnight, one, yeah. two a.m. in the morning. There, people are in Britain, all over the U.S. They all have competing companies at different places of funding. So it was probably a good webinar for like an intro to what's happening with blockchain and market research. Sure. Um, I mean, Rolf is good, and um, you know, the, some of the people are really good on it. But it just wasn't enough time. It was, this could have been three hours, or cut the people down to like four or five. It just too That's many people for a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I think um, some of the things that I've gotten back is it was just it was it, they wanted more and they hope that this maybe starts a series of yeah. blockchain discussions. Um, and it's almost like if you could set it up to where, um, hmm, I almost think like if you set up to where each person gets an hour, if you're like, hey, this is yeah, it's a, the blockchain series and we're leading it off with Clint Taylor of RDM. Yeah. And he's going to talk to you about blockchain. It's kind of creating this like library of research or whatever. Right. Yeah. And that's your first one. You're like, Oh my, and then you can decide like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that kind of describes what I do. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, okay. And then this next week is Owen from measure protocol. And he's going to talk about how you can use, yeah. or maybe you do um, Owen and Ted was, and you're like, Hey, and they're yeah. going to talk about how sampling through market research. Oh, that's really interesting. Me. I yeah. should go. Uh, and you could go on and on and on from, from whoever you go to from that. And then you can kind of pick and choose which ones hit well for you. And if you wanted to listen to all of them, it's like an anthology at the end. You know everything yeah. about blockchain and market research. Yeah. That's a good solution, right? Probably, yeah. 
I, I would listen. I would watch it. It's kind of like, or you could put on like if you had like an upcoming conference or whatever, you could have a whole day that was just about blockchain and have speakers come and talk about it. <laughs> Let's do that. Sounds like a good. By deal. the way, have you seen how Green Book is teasing some new big news next month? Have you seen this? Do you do you know what this news is? Maybe. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not aware of the news. Um, so um, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Let's, let's wait. I don't, sorry. <laughs> let's wait and see what the news is. Um, I have a good idea about what it is, and I think it, I think it, um, I think it would be great. I love the idea of like, okay, so we've called conferences. This is my misses me shifting. By the way, pivot. Well, uh, we've called out conferences and like organizations for not helping in the past and not like really setting up standards or anything like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think when the first started. So I remember one of my first interactions with MRA was um, they had like a whole I, like a legal team that could help you with like the legal oh. problems that you had and things like that for market research. And that was like a huge resource for them. Yeah. And I think it's hard sometimes for conferences to become more than like networking events for people. Yeah. And like even like we learned yesterday, it's hard to be an educational resource for people sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you could set up something that can be like an actual tool and like a, a true resource to help you do your business better. And then you were like the standards committee on something like that. Yeah. Like that's a real, that's a real sweet spot for somebody to conference. I think yeah. if you were a conference looking to separate yourself from other people, like that's a huge thing. Yeah. Right. Like SMR is not really doing that. Um, I guess they're going more of the education type route. Insights yeah. Association is so much networking. And like on the individual, um, as we'll hear from Damon Jones today from Burke, who sits, uh, who has sat on the board of the Insights Association for the GLC, the Great Lakes chapter before, like it sets up like networking and almost like an advisory board type situation for you. Yeah. Um, Casro trying to make laws for people. And that's why it doesn't exist anymore. <sighs> but like there's some place for somebody to be like, SampleCon is kind of doing this, right? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if they're doing. I don't know if this is the goal, but it's like it's happening. Where like you're trying to yeah. standardize demographics for things, yeah, and put like now it's that you put people in a box, but kind of like, right. Like we, we've talked about this before, but we don't have an organization really focused on sampling needs. It's always been like a one little session at a conference. Um, with well, the attendees of the conference are probably thirty percent sample people. Yeah, and like in an hour for the whole conference. Sure. Um, so SampleCon is kind of taking on a lot of that role with a lot of the help from companies on the board right. to standardize stuff, which will help everybody. And so there is a need to help sampling, I think, and especially there's lots of great little companies that don't have all the resources the big companies do. So head. hopefully it can help them as well because we need them just as much as we need the big ones. I agree. Um, let's jump into um, any other current events in market research. I really don't think so. Right? Nope. I don't think so. All right. Let's jump into an interview with Damon Jones. Damon um, leads, runs the phone centers at, at Burke, and he'll talk a little bit about how he got into research, the importance of phones still, and kind of the evolution of research and, and how phone still has a key. And then uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Insights Association, uh, the GLC branch that um, he is involved with and their conference coming up in September. And kind of how do you get involved with something like that? What type of place can you as a market researcher have with any one of these type of boards? Um it's a great conversation. I've known Damon for a long time. Just a totally engaging. And I've always thought, and actually wrote this email to him afterwards. Like he's so genuine. 
Yeah. Like you never feel like you're like you just feel relaxed. And maybe, you know, that might come from working in a phone center where you yeah. have to make people feel relaxed. Yeah. But like you always kind of like uh, you feel like you can let the guard down and kind of drift away with them a little bit. It's kind of good. So uh, without any further ado, let's jump into the interview with Damon. Joining us now is Damon Jones of Burke. Damon, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. You know, we talk so much about um, quant here, online quant, a lot of primary research, and you're the director of telephone operations at Burke. So I'm looking forward to just kind of getting like a different sense, a different angle. And market research is such a big world. Um, we've known each other for a while. I'm yeah, interested yeah. to have you on and get your take. <laughs> Uh, so tell me, we always say no one really knows how they get into market research. You just get into it. That's um, right. How did you get into market research? I fell into market research. Yeah. Like, you know, 70% of the people say, um, when I graduated high school, I needed a summer job. And I I had previously done my bid at KFC sure. um, as a 16-year-old. And so I was not interested in getting back into um, the fast food business. So I, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for a, a kind of an office environment and uh, a few friends of mine worked at a company called SERS Service. Uh, yeah. At the time, it was Service Industry Research Systems sure. um, owned by Chris Olinger over in Walnut Hills. And yeah. so I started there as a, a part-time interviewer in the early summer of 1990. Are you a Walnut Hills guy? Um, I'm Walnut Hills. All right, that makes sense. Graduate. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and so I I worked there in the summer, and I actually went away to college. Um, I went to school, Baldwin-Wallace College. I went there to play baseball. My sure. baseball career ended in like half a season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I transferred back to the University of Cincinnati, and I, I when I came back to UC, I uh, continued to work at SERS as a part-time sure. interviewer for about a year and a half, and I yeah. was promoted to a supervisory role. Wow. And so I was I was pretty young, probably good. Like yeah. 19 years old. I was supervisor, managed projects and people, and grew to hire and interview people. Um, and when SERS moved to uh, Northern Kentucky, okay. um, I... I was along for the ride, yeah. and um, so that's how I started. I, I kind of fell into it, and uh, here I am. Not a bad nineteen. <laughs> so nineteen in school, yeah. but a supervisor of a call yeah. center. Yeah. That's not too bad. No, it wasn't. It, wasn't, it was a good start. I was nineteen. <laughs> right. I get it. Um, so how long have you been at Burke? I've been at Burke twenty-two years. Wow, yeah. time flies. And the funny story: I came to Burke. I was at UC, and I, I was. Towards the end of my career there, uh, my time there, and one of my classmates, uh, she's like, where are you working after you graduate? I said, I have no idea. She's yeah. like, what do you do now? I'm like, I work at this market research company. Yeah. And she went, really? I want you to meet someone. She's like, I work at Burke. And her, her name, she's a researcher, um, Charlotte Horseman. She's a qual researcher in locally. Yeah. But um, we took college classes together. We were on groups together. And she's like, I need you to meet some people. Yeah. So I started in July of '96 in really? Burke's management trainee program. Yeah. Wow, man, time flies. And so, how have you seen in the telephone world? I mean, how many how many different interviewers do you see? Like oh. coming, it's it's a lot. Right? Thousands. Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> but what is it, what's been like? How have times changed since '96 to now? Like how has like operations changed? Um, obviously, phone was more uh, prevalent. Sure. Uh, during that time frame, um, 
I think at the time you had a lot of folks who looked at that role, you know, as a full time role in, yeah. in some cases. Um, and there were still when I started at Burke, we had two call centers, which evolved to three call centers. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of phone work in there. Sure. You know, late 90s, 2000s, early 2000s, we started to see the shift to online quantitative data collection. So we saw you know, the shrinkage within the sure. telephone world. And, you know, it, you even had folks saying, you know, during that time frame, like, phone's dead. Was that Ken Strong saying that? That was not Ken Strong saying that. I, I, I report to Ken, so <laughs> Ken's my boss. But you know what? Ken had a vision, you know, because yeah. Ken was one of the folks who always told me phone's not going to go away for right. a long time. Right. Yeah. But a lot of people in the industry didn't believe it. They thought everything's going online. Right. Um, so we saw that major shift um, in quantitative data collection with you know, a lot of things going online, which for me and a lot of people ask me because I manage telephone data collection. Yeah. Or you're worried about online data collection? And, uh, no. no. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I think it, for us in, as an industry, we always have to have the perspective that um, we need to do what's best for the client so that they're reaching the their proper customer base, proper consumers, members, whoever it is that we're talking to. And, and usually that entails some kind of blend okay. uh, on a larger scale. Um, you know, definitely, if you can target um, populations online, do it. If, if right. it makes sense and you can reach that population and you can reach um, a group that reflects your, your customer base, then you need to Right. Go online. It's cheaper. You'll get your information quicker. Right. But if you need to reach a broader audience or you need to talk about, you know, something that's sensitive and personal, you need to speak to older folks. Um, phone might be a part of your mix and need to be a part of your mix. And For sure. the one thing about phone is it's a device everyone has. Yeah. Um, so you need to go where the people are and where they're responding. What's well, a daily occurrence for us where obviously like we see, you know, probably 60% of our jobs are like easy. Yes. Online's the way to go. And then there's probably 40 or like another 30% where you're like, okay, we can do it online because you have like a budget concern or something right, like right. that. But then there's, I mean, we pass on probably 10% of studies to where it's either, it's either too niche. It's like, there's no way of getting these people. Um, right. You see what polling, what they've done as far mm -hmm. as pushing everything to phone. Um, a lot of management consulting work, maybe there's expert calls, like, right, yeah, right. people come in through. And I think it's just, it's part of the industry where you love it and you it. has gifts as curse. When, like, this industry jumps on things and, like, strangles it when oh, you yeah. fall in love with it. <laughs> you know, like, it's that trend of the moment That's where, right. you know, you start with phone and then online and then mobile, online focus groups, mm -hmm. online bulletin boards, mm -hmm. communities, like, all these things are, like, the next big thing. But you still have phone. You, oh, know, you still have online blockchains there now as far as online i mean it's uh it's like the the, the tried and true kind of rises right every time uh brian any thoughts so far about phone you've been in the industry for a while you have any phone stories i have phone stories i he probably doesn't know this but i started my career in 1996 at a phone center i was a telephone interviewer for two years in college Worked at the Matrix Group in Lexington. Mm -hmm. yes. And um, I, this is a true, I honestly think everybody that gets into marketing research should go work at a phone center for a couple hours. I agree. 
Um, because you should see me giving Brian a high five right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, because when you talk to people and they're hanging up on you and you can hear the disgust on their voice and you have to keep dialing and dialing and get the survey completes, that is some serious research. And you've been through you've been through the ringer when you've done that. All these young kids don't know what. That oh is. yeah, it's it's a tough job. That yeah, is it's a tough, difficult job. Yeah. Um, I know at Burt, we used to train that way. Everyone yeah. who came through the company yeah. um, had to spend time on the phone. Now, yeah. Everyone comes to the call center as part of their training, but sure. they don't have to be on the phone. But even spread out throughout our company at Burt, I mean, our uh, Ken Strunk, who yeah. um, Adam brought up, he's vice president, senior vice president of, of all of our data collection. So the sampling, phone, um, mall research um, are his areas. Our VP of qualitative, Kendall Nash, um, who's speaking yeah. at our event mm-hmm. shortly, came from phone data collection. Most of our sampling team uh, came through telephone data yeah. collection. Our uh, We have a VP in our account management team and a director in our account management team who came through phone data collection. I just think it's a it's foundational. It's a great right? foundational. Yeah. Uh, structure. This yeah. is the vigor of research, and you can get the basic understanding and concepts of sampling and yeah. um, quotas and uh, representativity. Sure, um, yeah. You can all you can learn all of that through you know spending time in the telephone center. I'll tell you one quick funny story. I was in college, and I was um, my senior year, and. Um, bartended at night and I worked at the Matrix Group during the day, like 11 to 3 mm-hmm. trying to get phone interviews and I made a deal with the telephone center that I had quotas per hour, right? You probably have that now, right? Yeah. You have to get 2.5 interviews per hour. So let's assume I worked 4 hours, had to get 2.5 interviews per hour. That's 10 interviews I had to get done. I made a deal. Hey, if I get those 10 interviews done, can I just leave? Because all my <laughs> friends, you know, they're, they're seniors in college. They're hanging out at the pool all day, having yeah, some yeah. adult beverages during the day. <laughs> yeah. So my goal every day, I'd get there at like 11. Like, can I get out here at 1230? So I'd get paid the same no matter what. I don't know why this was a good deal for me. <laughs> it was a good deal. Yeah. I got paid for an hour. You had like some kind of moral checklist before I work today. It's yeah. Like, hey, I got, got it. my 10 interviews in. I'm done. Oh, that's, <laughs> I'm that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so David, another reason, and it's very timely that you're on, is we're coming close to the Insight Association, the GLC, conference yep. here in Cincinnati, and you're a past president, you're advisor now on the board. Um, tell us a little bit about the GLC. Uh, I guess let's just start, like, how did you get involved? Uh, how did I get involved? Probably close to 16, 17 years ago. Um Berg's been involved, was, was involved in the MRA. That's now the, the merger of Insight, uh, Casro and the MRA that became the Insights Association. And so, um, my manager at the time said, Hey, why don't you get involved and see what you can do when you, sure. you can meet people? You know, it's, it's good, good place to, to learn, have some good learning. And so I called, uh, a lady who was president at the time, Amy Morris. Oh, yeah. Um, Amy, uh, awesome uh so i called her i said amy you know my boss wants me to get involved is there something i can do some way i can help out and volunteer and she says mm, i'm sure there's something you can do i'm not really sure uh let me think on it i'll call you back in a week right. or so and you know maybe we can touch base to see what's going on i'm not i'm not kidding 
Ten minutes later, Amy <laughs> called me and said, hey, we've got a city forum happening. It's in a month and a half. We need a chairperson. Can you do that? <laughs> a, so chairperson. That, 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 a chairperson. That's volunteer. That's so nice. that was my That's first <laughs> dip into the pool <laughs> at, at the Great Lakes chapter of the MRA. Um, and so many years later, many positions later, many roles later, I'm still involved in the Great Lakes chapter of the Insights Association now. Right. Um, but I've been director of programming, uh, president, past yeah. president, uh, continue to serve as an advisor because, you know, Adam's been around and was yeah. part of that group. Yeah. Um, we just, A, you know, it's a great place to learn. Uh, a lot of our partners who we've met through that network at Burke, um, folks we work with, you know, it's great to, you know, build phone relationships with, with individuals. But when you can see someone face to face and talk with them, see what their background is, the values, the values of their company, how they operate, then you can meet uh, a good trusted partner network um, through that and through the Great Lakes chapter, I just, yeah. it, it's like a little mini family. Yeah. And so people stick around forever. Um, met a lot of great friends, um, you know, learned a lot and, uh, continue to learn a lot. So it's kind of been our goal is to, you know, put on good conferences, um, and with heavy on education and, yeah. and if good networking, good times and, Good long-term friendships developed in great, but that's great. Um, it's it's been a really good good experience for me, and that's why I've continued to be a part of it. I think that's a big thing that separates Inside Association and the MRA from other places that you have those those regional chapters. Yes, and I was just talking. Um, I was talking with Ted Pulsar, a Market Cube, the other day, and he was saying like his number one thing that he tells all the salespeople when they come out is go to the local. Yeah meetings and you'll meet so many you get so much better relationships absolutely you'll meet you'll learn more than anything else you'll yeah. find something and i still remember like one of the first ones i went to there was like a neuroscience i was like what is this <laughs> you know like you just learn things and so like so focused uh compared to you know if you go to a national conference you never know what you're right. gonna get you That's know true. um i've actually had a few corporate researchers tell me like this is great I prefer this over the larger shows. Yeah. Not that the larger shows aren't great. And I know the CRC has been great for the MRA and now the Insights right. Association. Um, but she said, you know, here I'm actually able to talk to people. Yeah. I don't feel pressured. Um, it's a smaller group. I get to talk to pretty much everyone right. uh, over the course of two and a half days. And so, you know, the, the regional chapters are, like you mentioned, Adam, uh, uh, just a positive and a plus for people to attend because you you can really get to know people and and ask more questions and have longer conversations um, than some of the the larger uh, events because sure. you, then you're there's a thousand people and who do right. you talk to what time right. I need to it's go overload. this yeah. session and and it's a lot and, and you know the local pieces are also have good price point you know it's nice yeah <laughs> sometimes you don't have to Easier travel, travel. Far, yeah. so it's, it's, it's that has some pluses and so the conference is coming up uh two weeks right september 5th through 7th yes right september 5th through 7th the cincinnati hyatt um they have a, a great show another great lineup of speakers um, a lot of folks I'm excited to see yeah. um, we have jeff birding who's okay the yeah. president of uh fc cincinnati the 
the latest MLS soccer team. Did, did you book him? Was that you? I know you're a soccer. That player. was not me. <laughs> I, I would have jumped on that train. That was Lori Coldy who oh, actually okay. booked Jeff Birdie. Um, but she did call me beforehand. <laughs> Lori and I talked uh, yeah. a lot, and she's like, "Do you think it's worth a shot?" I said, "Sure, why not?" A shot. So sure. you know, a week later, she's like. Jeff Birding is speaking at our event. Oh, like, that's okay. awesome. So that's a <laughs> cool. He's a, oh, yeah. he's a big deal. He's a big deal. So he he's speaking. Uh we've got uh children's hospital uh speaking in a co-presentation. Um we have uh, a couple, you know, recent gets, Bill uh excuse me if I blow his last name. <laughs> Don Donabedian, he's the founder of Brandemonium, oh, which cool. um it was a really cool event, um, and he's going to speak. Um, we also got Tommy Lewis. This is a little different, um, something, the Great Lakes chapter. He's uh, president and CEO of a company called Make It Plain. They're based in Cincinnati, and they've got a great client base, you know, yeah. some, some pretty large brands. And he's going to speak on uh, yeah. diversity and and the business case for having diversity within your company um so that's a piece within the great lakes chapter i'm also if you're looking for official titles i'm the chairperson of our diversity and education committee as part of the great lakes chapter and the great lakes chapter actually just won a two thousand dollar project grant for having this uh, committee so we can work more towards that so we had a diversity uh, panel at our fall conference last year. We did a webinar related. Um, we've built great relationships with Michigan State, um, Dr. Levin at yeah. Northern Kentucky yeah. University, um, Missouri State University, and, and we're continuing to grow that and build those relationships. So um, with that with that group and with that committee. So excited to hear Tommy Lewis speak and Kendall Nash from Burke. Yeah. Um, who was former That's president great. of QRCA. Kendall's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I say that as Center a fellow speaker. Berkey and as a friend. Yeah. Um, she's fantastic. Jeff Miller, who's the CEO of Burke, yeah. will actually um, be, be speaking. Um, wow. And he's going he's gonna to focus on the, the merger between CASRO and the MRA and oh, the yeah. creation of the Insights Association. Awesome. Jeff is a national board member. So really? he'll wow, be there that's great. representing um, the Insights Association at a national level. Um, we have Lisa Logan speaking uh, from Healthcare Research Worldwide. So the lineup is fantastic yeah. uh, from an educational wow. perspective. Um, you know, I, I would line up that speaker lineup to anything that's national. I agree. Absolutely. So, I like not want to interrupt you, Anna, but I love the. I can't wait to hear Cincinnati Children speak. Yes, they're nationally ranked, one of the top probably two or three children's hospitals in Absolutely. the world, and you get to hear them speak. I mean, that's something we don't get to hear very often. So I'm super excited about that. It's all too burning. Oh yeah, big time. That's awesome. Well, um, I won't be there. You're not going to be there. Where are you going to be? I'll, I'll be managing the. We're doing sponsoring a scavenger oh, hunt yeah, that yes, night, yes, that, which I hope everybody six, participates in. September yeah. six. Yes. Yeah. Should be fun. We did last year, and it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think this is weird. Like you see parts of the city like you never would have seen, uh-huh. or like you never would have like gone to. So like we, I was stationed at an OTR like karaoke bar. 
I would have never gone to anyway. And I'm like, why am I here? And I was there for two hours. It wasn't too bad. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, well, let's shift now into kind of some of the funner stuff. Some of the uh, the four P's. We do this every week. Uh, four words to start with a P. Just to learn a little bit more about you, Damon. Cool. Uh, first one is playlist. So, Damon, what are the last three songs you listen to? Last three songs. See, I was listening to sports talk on the way here, so. <laughs> I mean, I Something Jay Z, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe Jay Z, uh, Beyonce, friend song, yeah, off their the Carter's album, okay. definitely one. Um, maybe Kirk Franklin. Now behold the Lamb. It's one of my favorite songs. It's kind of a calming sure. song, spiritual yeah. song. I like that. And I think, oh yeah. Wu Tang Clan from '97. Um, Triumph. The it was <laughs> Triumph was on that album. Yeah. But I think the last song I listened to was Bells of War. Uh, okay. Maybe the city. Hey. That was that was yeah. I'm a I'm a hip hop head. So hip hop head and '70s R and B are like like I'm a Marvin Gaye, Temptations, Earth Wind and Fire. That's crazy. That's. Good stuff. The stuff that we listen to here. So you hear when we you came in, I think there was like a bluegrass on because mm-hmm. like. We got a kid that just graduated from Alabama in May, yeah, yeah. and so he's like hillbilly, <laughs> no shoes all the time. But we kind of run the gamut, like uh, everything from like there's usually like some kind of, like Avid Brothers folk in the morning. Um, Friday's hip hop day. It's usually like new releases coming yeah, up, yeah. Stuff. But uh, it's wild, yeah. It's it's in in last week. What did Levin had like what Zeppelin? And I mean, it's. He had a son, some blues. I actually yeah. listened to that podcast. Yeah, and, uh, he had some, and one that we. Because I recently listened to the album, he mentioned Prince is one of yeah. his favorite guitarists. Yeah, and uh, I love that Purple Rain album. That's like that was me number one. <laughs> By the way, do you like the movie Purple Rain? I do. Um, my so, wife looks at me like I'm nuts. When me, I mine does turn too. It on. Damon, like, we talk about Purple Rain. You can't so turn that much. movie off. It's, you have to watch it. Some of the greatest. Moments in movie history, primarily when, yep, here we go. when they throw them in the, in the garbage dumpsters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jerome. Yeah, they throw Jerome, Jerome in the garbage dumpster. <laughs> Morris Day. Yeah, Morris Day. Too much. Morris Day is the star because Prince is a yes, great actor. No. Morris Day is the star. Yes, he is. <laughs> why, why is it Morris Day bigger? Bruno Mars is like stolen Morris yeah. Day's like career now. Absolutely, all the songs are. Morris like Day was up. pretty big back then. Yeah. Back then, yeah, he didn't have the same power. He didn't have the same with the mirror. Oh, I mean, he's really the star. And the, the end, the when he sings "Purple Rain," yeah. is one of the greatest moments of movie history. I'm convinced. I will argue with anybody that point. Second high five with Brian. That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I always remember, like, I knew, this is wild, but, like, I knew my parents weren't going to work out because my dad was, like, the biggest Prince fan ever. And my mom was like, bitch, you like sex. And I just remember, like, sneaking with my dad to watch, like, Purple Rain and listen to, like, You Got the Look and stuff like that. Anyway. Great album. Don't know how it didn't work out. Great album. Uh, <laughs> my karaoke go-to song is When Doves Cry oh. or Purple Rain. Yeah. Let's get into the karaoke yeah, station of this chapter, right? I like what does cry. Purple Rain is like 18 minutes long. That's a long right? song. I mean, that's... You have to cut it off. <laughs> uh, next piece is pride. What's your uh, What's your biggest source of pride? Uh, family, kids. Yeah. Um, family's great. It's always great to go home and, you know, chill out with my wife. My wife's my best friend and just sit with her on the back deck and do a bunch of nothing. It's just a calming place. Yeah. 
to watch your kids grow up and snotty nose little kids to respectful adults. So that's my biggest source of pride. That's great. Uh, next is perform. What is something that uh, most people don't know about you? What's your hidden talent? Hidden talent. I'm not an artist. Um, I tell my wife I can sing, but that's just really to buck sure. her more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Hidden talent. Um, when I started my research career at Burke, at the same time, I had a clothing line. <laughs> it's called Tanjo. Totally open, never judging others. Oh, my gosh. And um, so that was a, the, one no of the greatest idea. experiences of my life was doing this. That's awesome. And so if, you watch, if you're a UC Bearcat fan, um, during his senior year, Kenya Martin wore a wristband on his arm. That was ours. Really? And so when he got hurt, we supplied him to the whole team. So in the first yeah. two rounds of the NCAA, they wore our Tanjo armbands. So it, that was awesome. We actually actually had a meeting with Macy's uh, diversity suppliers yeah. contacted us. And so we had a meeting really? with Macy's and didn't have the... We never got our distribution right, <laughs> yeah. our manufacturing and distribution, yeah. but that was an awesome yeah. time. I had no idea. Yes, yes. This is wild. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, like, since my, uh, my your Twitter, Twitter name. Twitter I was always name. wondering, yes. like, what is that? I, I <laughs> thought like, it was a couple of initials or whatever. My Twitter name, huh. Ode to the Clothing Line. So did the, the whole magic show in Vegas when that was the big retail yeah. show. Um, saw Magic Johnson there. That was really that was good. That was a good time. Man, that's <laughs> the best like thing that we never knew about Whoa. somebody by far. I'm close. <laughs> like listen to this impression or something. That's pretty good. Uh, last piece of Mount Rushmore, and you sent this in. You want to do top four Bengals all time? Top four Bengals. I'm a huge Cincinnati sports fan. And I will tell you that Brian is a Steelers fan. I'm yes, sorry. Sir. I'm sorry. No I'm high a, five for that. One. I'm a Browns fan, so I'm like just like who cares, right? I'm harmless in this room. <laughs> well, no, my, no Super Bowl ring having Bengals. Yeah. Top four, uh, the greatest Bengal ever, Anthony Munoz, yeah. number seventy-eight. Have, um, have you met him, by the way? I have not. Yeah. I heard he's like the nicest guy ever. He's all over town. Yes, he is. Yeah. I've seen him around town, but I've never met. He him. seems pretty approachable. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. Ken Riley, the oh, snake, yeah. cornerback, yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not yet because he's a Bengal, kind of like Ken Anderson. Because, right. Because he's right, a Bengal, right. like you won't get the recognition. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Oh, my gosh. Hey, all right. He's, he's Georgia grad. He's fantastic. Georgia grad. See, you had the MMR from Georgia, Sir. right? Yeah. I have another funny story related. Oh, and, uh, off, off, off. <laughs> After the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Um <laughs> Nothing bad, nothing bad. It's related. Um, actually, related to research. And Geno Atkins, I yeah. think once he finishes, yeah. he will go down as um, definitely the best defensive lineman if he's not already. Yeah. So those are who I think are the top four Bengals. Um, list. Brian, you got a list? I have a list. And I was going to, you know, when I was prepping for the show, I know you submitted this. I'm like, man, I could really go after some good Bengals. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> One thing I love about the Bengals is I've always loved their number two receiver. I feel like the Bengals always have a stud number two receiver that I'm really jealous about. You know how most people are like <laughs> the backup right. quarterback. Yeah. T.J. Kuzada, Muhammad Sanu. Muhammad Sanu. Oh, I love you those guys. go back and say, you know, 
Chris Collins was the number two. two. Yeah. Oh. And then Isaac Curtis became the number two. Darnay Scott. Darnay Scott. I love Darnay Scott. I feel like the yeah. Bengals, this is the greatest of all time. I feel like the Bengals always overachieve, over index on number two receivers. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I, I would agree with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is how most people are like the backup quarterbacks, the most popular guy in yeah. town, right? Because you that's always true. root for him. You're like, you can put, but for Cincinnati, it's always the number two. That's wide true. receiver. Oh, it's great. I would, as a Steelers fan, the, all of those number two receivers have a lot of, like, I consider, like, Steelers quality. They're tough. They're kind of quiet. Cheat. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. I was going to throw Icky Woods, although his career was really short. Really but short. Yeah. I think he really, yeah. like, his dance was like, you don't often have a player that kind of shapes, like, he was a cultural icon for a year and a half. So, man. Chad Johnson was for about Chad Johnson five was years. too. Big time. Yeah. When the Bengals were terrible, you knew you had a great love Chad Johnson. Entertainment story with Chad Johnson. What about Adam? You got a, you have anything? Uh I put James Brooks down. Love James Brooks. Uh workhorse. I was gonna go all like Bengals offensive linemen. Like I was gonna go like Max Montoya <laughs> yeah. and Rum Ride, like yes. do the whole thing. And I guess uh Dan Wilkinson. I would put Richie, like for some reason there was like a five year span where like Richie Bram was the most important Richie person. Richie Bram was, they, they had not had a center since Richie Bram retired. So, like there was like, there's still a period where like, we oh, hope man, Billy Richie Price Bram. is that guy. Yeah. I think I saw you. Bill, I wrote down Billy Price. Price. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Vontez Burfick from, from my, you know, yeah. he's the best linebacker that I think the Bengals have ever had. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, it's too bad. There's the truth there. You, I mean, you can't think of any other linebacker with his impact. Yeah. Even the game when they lost to yeah. that team in Pennsylvania <laughs> in the playoffs, <laughs> he was by far the best player on the field that yep. night yeah. until yep. he tried to knock Brown's head off. Yeah. We inexplicably He, he should have just stayed game. in the tunnel when he ran in the tunnel. <laughs> right. right. That's right. The game was over. <laughs> he just, he just kept on running and took a shower, right? <laughs> So how many, how, how many times do you think about the the 05 team? Oh, no, not this one. The 05 team the 04, that was 05, yeah. um, uh, Carson Palmer and Chris Henry and Kimo touchdown, Von Kimo Von Ohlhofen. Um Not as much since the 2015 loss. That kind of overtook it. <laughs> the 2015 losses, because I think, I don't know what the percentage was on them. Right. This is a research podcast. Right. What point zero 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 two percent chance of the Steelers winning right. that game? Yeah. And uh yeah, that that was it. That makes me say bad words. I can't believe that. So not yeah, as yeah, the the, really the 05 team was that was a solid team. Really solid team. And they should have beaten the Steelers and that, that again, the Pittsburgh reference. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, I mean, I always remember, I was, I remember being at the game and just like how the whole, like, yeah. within three minutes, the it game was, was over. It was over. Cause you have Carson going down, but then Chris Henry going down at the same Henry, time yeah. on a huge play. And then you go from, then you, you know, deflate the stadium. That basically, was, yeah, you're done. that was the halftime. But then you lose your deep. It was a halftime Chad Johnson breakdown. Yeah, punching you, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yes. Which, <laughs> man, I would love to. And the Steelers had a halftime to prepare for, no offense, John Kitna. Well, right. that's what I was getting. Like, like you go, like you're you go long to yeah. Henry, and now all of a sudden you lose your deep threat, you yeah. lose your big arm. Kitten can't throw the ball 15 yards, right. and that was back when Pittsburgh had the best linebackers. I mean, it was back in like yeah. the yeah. Uh, Larry Foot four year those side Fair, guys, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 
Tomalo, no. They they all hurt. Even the regular season lost last year. The game when Shazier was hurt. Oh, yeah. And the Bengals had a lead in the first half. Sure. Gave yeah. up the long touchdown pass at the end of the first half. Pittsburgh had momentum. Bengals never scored again. And another rough loss. Why do we do it, Damon? Why, why, do, we we why do we watch sports? Why do we watch sports? I'm a Cincinnati sports fan, so I have all the Bengals yeah. moments, the Bearcat moments, Reds, Reds, the playoffs, the Cueto playoffs. When he was oh, hurt. I was there. The, uh, uh, not, the, not, not the Cueto yeah. game, but I was at all three of those Giants games. I was games. at one of the Giants games. Uh, game three, I was at game three. I took off work and went to all three <laughs> of them. I worked right down there yeah. the stadium yeah. and I worked at... Um, um, Cinebate Ipsos at the mm-hmm. time and took off work for all three of them. Great <laughs> seats. It was the worst. Well, it, uh, game three was Homer Bailey pitched like a two hitter. And this was Bronson. Brandon Bronson. Bronson. Four yeah. was Bailey where <laughs> Phillips yes. got thrown at the plate, yeah. right? Got thrown out of home. Yes. yes. And then five was, was the Grand the Slam. Yes. Yeah, the Grand Slam. Yeah. Where he got mad at the umpire and just decided to throw yeah. a fastball right down the middle of the Grand Slam. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yep. Good times. <laughs> but thank you, Damon, for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's Thanks, great guys. just I to learn more it. about you, learn more about GLC, what's going on at Burke. And uh, it's September 5th through 7th. Yep. The Hyatt downtown. Hyatt downtown, Cincinnati, EMI, the scavenger hunt. Yeah. Uh, sponsors. Uh, always been, been you know, great to the GLC. Um, so looking forward to it. It should be a great educational event. Um, and look forward to seeing everyone there. Great. Thanks for coming on, Damon. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Damon, for joining us today. Um, great interview, right? Oh, my gosh. I love him. <laughs> He's the best. Um, so one of the things we did with Damon was talk about a Mount Rushmore of Bengals. And neither neither of you and or I are Bengals fans. But um, we wanted to kind of mix it up and do an additional Mount Rushmore since Sam was not here anymore. So he can't, like, gloat. The, what are the top four Bengals that you wish you had on your team? Yeah. So, like, everybody, like, we, you and I both despise the Bengals because of our other history, but what are the other, what are some of you wish you had on your team, you wish you had on the Steelers throughout the year? Go ahead, you start first. Okay. Well, first one, I'm going to go with Chad Johnson. He's kind of an easier recent day guy. Um, even though the Steelers have had a lot of good receivers, I'm just, I'm a big Chad Johnson fan. It's good. I'm going to go with Chris Collinsworth. Oh, and I yeah. put him because... I feel like not a lot of people know that Chris Collinsworth played for the Bengals hmm. and played in two Super Bowls yeah. for the Bengals um, because they would like right as he got into broadcasting, I wouldn't have been telling everybody I was in the Bengals because that was like the darkest years, like the lost decade yeah. of the 90s. So I feel like if Chris Collinsworth was a Brown and like since we didn't exist for three years in the 90s, yeah. like you could just accept him. And this is the history of the Browns, and you yeah. could, he would talk about it more. Maybe we would get more night TV games. I wish I just had like the idea of Chris Collinsworth on my team. I don't care if he ever caught a ball. I, I like. I'm a huge Chris Collinsworth fan, and I'm wondering <laughs> this might be bad. Okay, is he to the Bengals like Jim Brown is to the Browns? And someday, thirty years from now, he's going to be in a wheelchair, welcoming people and to start a camp, and he's going to be like a legend. <laughs> I don't think Chris Collinsworth has ever been inside Paul Brown Stadium. Outside of the <laughs> unless he's been paid to do it. Yeah, unless he's been paid to yeah. do it. All right. Where like Jim Too Brown far. is always Yeah. He lives there. does he live <laughs> He lives at first energy. Yeah. He's got his own locker still. Uh, I'm gonna you know what? And I'm ignoring where you were trying to go with Jim Brown. I'm ignoring the blast for me. 
Moving forward. <laughs> All right. Who's your next person? I'm going to do a double, and I just kind of mentioned them. I, I've always loved the Bengals' number two receiver. So I'm going to go with Mohamed Sanu and TJ Hushmanzada. I love those guys. See, I'm going to go. I'll give two now, too. I'll go with Darnay Scott. Oh, yeah. Who in the 90s was a big, uh, just a fly route guy. Just wrote, ran straight fast. And I always wish that we had somebody like that to like lengthen the field to where you could run. Like typically AFC North where you just run up to the line and fall down. Yeah. Like if you had somebody to, to space the field a little bit. Um, and then my third, I'll go with uh, David Fulcher. Full route. Oh, yeah. I loved like having a linebacker that could play safety. Yeah. Um, the Browns kind of had this. Remember Eric Turner yeah, in the yeah. early nineties yeah. from UCLA? Yeah. Um, he was a lot like a full rock type, full rock type guy, but I wish we had more of that. And he's still around in town a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who'd your last one? Last one is, um, guy, <laughs> Terrence Newman. Yeah. Who played for the Bengals for quite a while. Not a superstar, but you and I had a great chance of meeting him at a fundraiser a few years ago. Yeah. He gave us a bottle of wine. He He raised some money for the kids in town. He did. He was a really nice guy. He's probably too nice to be like in football. Super nice cornerback. And um, so I'm a big fan of him personally. And I would love to have like a character guy like that on the Steelers. We got on the field. Yeah. Right. Separately. Yeah. We try to kick a field goal. (laughs) Kicked it right into the stand. <laughs> Did some laps. We. Um, I was trying to drag my toes. That's kind of nice. <laughs> like they try to make us do like a forty-yard field goal, not like a like an extra point. I mean, we're just a bunch of just random people on the field trying to kick field goals. The worst. And we went in the locker room, watched some game film. Remember that? That's pretty kind of cool. Yeah. I really cool. like. Yeah. Um, my last one is Pac-Man. And <laughs> when I say that, so there's the difference there. So the you know who you wish you had on your team. Yeah. Used to be like my life team. like I have a group of friends that we've been friends since like third or fourth grade. And like, we don't, we are missing an enforcer. We're missing the guy that like, did you just say something like, you know, somebody there and like the loose cannon person that seems to never have anything to lose. We all are relatively successful and have something to lose. Yeah. Um, We don't have a Pac-Man. And so like on my personal team, yeah, I want a Pac-Man type. And I think of Pac-Man, and I've used this scenario a lot of certain political candidates before, to where, like, it's somebody that you hate if they're not on your team. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. they're on your team, you're like, yeah, this is who we got. We got this yeah. shady guy. He takes care of all the trash. Yeah. He fights people in airports. Well, I consider putting Pac-Man on my list. And I think I think if you put Pac-Man or even Vontez Perfect on the Steelers, yeah. they would kind of take it from a 10 to an from an insane level to like a normal, just a high intensity guy. Yeah. I think that they can do better. that. Or maybe I'm dreaming a little I bit. I think that Vontez needs a guy like Joey Porter to show him the right, <laughs> show him the right way. <laughs> what a great role model you can have if you're on the Steelers. Totally sane man. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Let's go into the wrap up now. So coming up on September 5th through 7th, as we mentioned with Damon, the Insights Association GLC fall meeting on the 6th is actually the Research Rumble scavenger hunt. It's our second scavenger hunt um, in Cincinnati. Um, it should be great. And then afterwards is the reception cocktail hour, which is sponsored by Research Now SSI. The September 22nd is the AMA Ignite. Um, you'll be able to meet Andrew DeSillis and Brian Lamar there. Brian, your name is Brian Lamar. Um, October 2nd through 5th in Cincinnati is Brandemonium with Sarah Getz. And then um, after that is October 8th through 10th in Orlando, the CRC, which is part of the Insight Association, where Tony Brown will be there as well. Brian, any other announcements or anything you just want to get off your chest after today? It sounds like it's going to get busy here soon, right? Yeah, I saw another conference today. Um I don't think I can get budget approval because our, our marketing person like does not give money. <laughs> We're way over. Ugh. 
It's uh, Ad Age is putting one on okay. in November, and it's got like uh, the Reddit guy. It's got Gary V. It's got the girl oh, boss what? lady. It's like a bunch of those type things talking about brand and advertising and what's happening with that. Yeah, there's another. Um, there's two more IEXs this year out there. One's in Chicago. One's in New York. The New York one on October. Yeah, the accelerator. Accelerator. Yeah, the accelerator. And then uh, the October. Yeah, there's some more up there. But yeah. um, this is when it gets really going. And then TMRE in November. Yeah. Uh, or no, it's in, I think, mid October this year. Oh, is it? In Phoenix. Yeah, it's got still. So, yeah. Um, that does it for episode 27 of IntelliCast. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week. podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com <laughs>